scope, Parker, to uh, ask you a, a very interesting question that has some external ramifications that we can also look at. But the basic question that you're asking um, actually has two kinds of sides to it. One is um, the giving, and the other side is the receiving. And so let's look at, at both of those together. And um, to start out, I'd like to say congratulations, because this is the right kind of, of attitude to take. Um, that there comes many, many different times in, in life that are event-oriented um, in the sense of graduating from high school or going to college or all of that kind of life changes, getting married, taking a house. There's many different big events like that where we do need to make an evaluation of the things that we own. That in fact, um, possibly the most extreme case that I can think about with that uh, is what I saw happening quite commonly, uh, let us say, traveling in India and in Asia and backpacking. And actually, it wasn't until I got to Thailand that I began to see what was going on. I think that many of the people who were in the group didn't know that they were in the group. They didn't even know a group existed. Uh, it's almost like a herd of elephants are unaware that there's a herd there. To them, it's some other elephants. <laughs> sure. Basically, the group that I'm talking about, um, we labeled at the time of Dhamma Bombs. Now, there was eventually a book written by that title, but in that book, everything went sour. The guy went up to Canada and got a, a cabin and got drunk and had a hard time. The, the Dhamma Bums that I'm talking about are the ones who would move from Wat to Ashram to, um, let us say, very cheap or um, unused beach property, because back in those days, or, uh, before tourism was a thing, there was a lot of uh, property in Asia, and uh, uh, Goa, for instance, was really cheap. And what people would do would move uh, according to the visas. Oh, yeah. And all of the countries generally had uh, three-month visas. And getting an extension of the visa generally meant you had to leave the country anyway. Well, since I left the country and I just went to a new country that had three-month visa, here I am. So that's the lifestyle. And along the way, what happens is, is that we start dropping unimportant things mm -hmm. and then more recently uh, I had a friend who came from the United States to come to stay in Thailand for a while <coughs> and he bought three brought three massive backpacks only to find out later that he had left an additional set of backpacks in Singapore with a friend there and that reminded me that, in fact, people do travel with a lot of uh, baggage. 
when they don't travel often. Mm-hmm. People who travel often tend to travel light. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, they know how. And traveling often, especially since uh, you're just on travel, means that we don't generally pick up things. We don't mm-hmm. walk in and see a really, really beautiful big statue and say, wow, I'd really like to have that because there's no room in the backpack for that kind of thing. Yeah. In fact, little speakers get thrown out. Mm. And headphones are taken on. You know, this is the kind of stuff. Everything gets into into the change. And so um, that was almost a... Um, let us say the lesson was learned strongly because of the situation. But here you are now with that same situation in a very mild kind of way, and still you're looking at what am I going to do with all of the stuff that I have accumulated at one time or another, each time thinking I needed this. Yeah. And so this is the um, the first part of it is to go through stuff to figure out what you don't need and don't uh, want to take with you. Uh, that stuff that it's, let us say that it's broken or that it would not be a, uh, a, a worthy of a gift. And you can go ahead and dispose of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the things that are left that are worthy of being given as gifts, then we want to make sure that we're making a fairly big deal out of it. In the sense of, instead of just, um, let us say that you've got a piece of electronic equipment with some wires and stuff, don't just hand them the piece of equipment with the wires and stuff. You want to put it into a box, you want to pack it, you want to wrap it, yeah, that okay. makes sense. And make it uh, in our in our uh, uh, let us say in our society, uh, there is a certain set of rituals that go along with gift wrapping mm-hmm. that have to do with uh, care and responsibility and that sort of stuff. And so that also you would want to put uh, into consideration so that you uh, are actually presenting it with uh, with that kind of intention rather than just say, oh, well, I'm getting out of here and I've got all this crap. Do you want any of it? <laughs> That's yeah, it. make it clear to them, right? <coughs> it's not a burden. It's more, it's mm-hmm. like the atmosphere of joy. Like, I want you to have this. Like, yes, yeah. precisely. So that's the way to go about it. And also uh, put into some consideration about who is going to get what. Mm-hmm. And so basically we've got two sides of the, of the whole thing. <coughs> because in a way you know that um, one, one of the points that you were talking about that I want to, to point out in this is that you're going through a transition now. The, the transition that you're going through is um, making inventories. That's exactly what we're talking about. Doing an inventory of your whole life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. 
doing an inventory of all of the material goods is one of the things that we have to do on occasions like changing house or changing cities changing jobs and things like that and that's a good opportunity and so this won't be the last time that in fact uh, this would be kind of a project that you want to spend some time on to really evaluate what it is that's worth having and what's not. Mm -hmm. But this is more for um, in the beginning as you're going through this because the, uh, the products, uh, uh, the goods themselves in doing this evaluation is going to bring up some memories. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so um, in a way, we want to make sure that you are saying goodbye to this thing. Yeah. Okay, that this is, never was yours. You recognize it's that it not was never mine. Yours. Yeah, okay. And that it's okay to let this go without any remorse so For that sure. you can um, be completely joyful in giving it. Now, in that, this point that I'm, I'm wanting to make is, is that these other people that are in your life are not going through this kind of transition. The other kids in class are not looking at it from the perspective of the Dhamma, and neither are the teachers or any of the other people that you would be giving these gifts to. Yeah. Okay, so um, in that way, you have to recognize that uh, their attitudes may not be the same as your attitudes in many cases, especially in the sense of uh, the joy that many of them may not uh, understand uh, this, let us say, social uh, human concept of gift giving. Somehow or another, we spend our whole lives in our society of gift giving, and a lot of people don't understand that, hey, Gift giving is not done out of obligation. It's not given because of a holiday. It's not yeah. given uh, uh, for uh, rituals and things like this. That when we do that, we rob ourselves of the real value of the gift giving. And so um, another way of, of thinking about it then is to kind of make a big deal out of it. In the sense that, uh, let us say you've got three gifts that yeah. you're going to give to three teachers, right? You don't take all three gifts into the first teacher and give her one of those and then go to the second teacher and give her the second of it like that, yeah. that, you go, that you go with each one of them on an individual basis. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is a uh, kind of psychological stuff uh, to look at. But you also have to understand that um, in the process of the Dhamma, we, we kind of have the thought, that, um, let's say that if I know it, I assume everybody knows it. Yeah, I recognize that, yeah. Okay. But if I understand the right way to do it, I assume that everybody understands the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. This is one of the big issues then that Dhamma dudes have to deal with is the fact that they're changing at a rate 
bit is different than the societies around them. I remember the first time that this really came up with me was uh, back in the 1970s. I had a girlfriend. Uh, she already had a master's degree in um, social work. And, and she too was working on her PhD in, in psychology and psychotherapy, and so was I. Meanwhile, she had two teenage brats that were going through divorce of her mom and all of that kind of stuff. And here I am, the new boyfriend on the scene. Yeah. And I begin to resent that I was the adult in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is this is quite common with with uh, especially younger people. Uh, that the the guys that you you're you're around the the folks that you're around the other students and the teachers are not looking at the dhamma the way that you're looking. They're not looking at it at all. They do not see their personal responsibility for uh, themselves and other people. That was yeah. uh, as kids, we still have the idea that that the the world owes us something. Yeah, for sure. The in fact, I think yeah. that most people live their whole lives with the idea that the world owes them something. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, but that's that's uh, um, quite um, in alignment with the positions that we have as a victim. If mm-hmm. I have been victimized, I need and feel like retribution or revenge or that the world owes me uh, something back. That yeah. Somehow or another, I was robbed, and I was robbed from an important gift, childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you get to live it all your life. And in the childhood, we got a lot of nurturing and taken care of. And now that we're uh, graduating from high school, where is all that nurturing? Where is all that care? Why is it me that has to grow up now? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to be the adult in the room? It seems like right. a lot of time that just carries on. They never actually solve that issue. So this is what we have to look at is, is that, yes, you if you are going to um let us say uh the the analogy would be if you were going to climb the mountain of one's own mind that means that your vista is going to be different mm-hmm. than everyone else's this is um there there's analogy that is used that uh, the the man is living in a village and that village is in the valley. And he has the idea that he's going to climb that mountain. He doesn't know where all the paths are and everything, but he does know that he's got to get ready to go climb the mountain. And while he is in uh, that preparation, he goes and gets camping equipment and his tools and uh, maps and uh, picks and shovels and bear spray and who yeah. knows whatever he thinks that he needs. <laughs> Maybe he was at the temple, and now I mean the uh, the capital, and now he thinks he needs bear spray. But in any case, his his view of the world is in the valley. Mm-hmm. 
So when he gets all of his stuff together and he takes off and he starts climbing, he leaves the valley alone uh, uh, behind him and he no longer sees the valley because he's kind of 